There is one virtue that can get us to heaven. Well, we need other virtues, but this is a foundation virtue that we need to exercise every single day, day in and day out. One virtue, one virtue, humility, humility. We need to humble ourselves every single day before God. That's why we get down on our knees before the Blessed Sacrament, because we're humbling ourselves before God. That's why we bow our heads. Like the, the Muslims, when they pray, they bow their heads to the ground as an act of humility. So humility is, is one of the greatest virtues. It's one of the greatest virtues that the Blessed Mother excelled in. The reason why the Blessed Mother became the Mother of God is because she humbled herself more than any other creature that ever lived in the world. You can never equal the humility of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's why she was raised up, because she humbled herself, because she thought of herself as nothing. We need to constantly crucify our ego, our pride, our what I call the false trinity, the I, me, and my. You can do an examination of conscience at the end of the day. How many times have you said I, me, and my throughout the day? How many times have you said, oh, I know this. I can show you this. I have more skills. I know, you know, we, and we all have it. We all have this pride, this egoism, where we want to exalt ourselves over others, where we want to control others. You know, that controlling spirit where we want to control others. And this is part of pride. So we always have to humble pride all the time, every day. Every day we have to lower ourselves before God and even before others. And to always recognize that there's someone greater than us. Greater than us who takes care of us, who loves us. And this is why if you want to do an act of humility, go to confession. Go all the time. Go all the time. You don't let your priest be bored. If your priest says he's bored, then that means you're not to go into confession enough. Don't let your priest be bored. Priests love to hear confessions. They love to absolve sins. They love it when a sinner comes and they're repentant. And they're crying and they're, and they're you know, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. As the tax collector prayed, or he said, oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he, he hit his breast and he was in tears, repentant. Not because he was perfect, because he knew he was imperfect. He knew he was stealing from people, a tax collector. He knew he was greedy, but he acknowledged it. So being humble acknowledges our sins. It means embracing the truth. You can only be humble if you embrace the truth. If you don't embrace the truth, you can never be humble. Because then pride will always get in the way. Then you'll say, eh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm a good person. Oh, are you? Are you? Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of your sins. You'll see. You'll see how far you are from God how far you are from love, from loving God and loving others. So humility is the key to life. And as we say, in the Old Testament, 
today. It's, it's hard to understand the Old Testament. Sometimes when you just get a little passage of the Old Testament, you're like, what are they talking about? With Elijah, the Tishbite, what, what's a Tishbite? I don't know what a Tishbite is. I don't, I don't know what a Tishbite is. But what is all this? All these strange names and terms and everything? See, so you, you have to understand it in the moral context of what is happening. So first of all, the, the kingdom of Israel was split in two. It was split between a southern kingdom and a northern kingdom. The northern kingdom strayed from God. And it was the king who was the one who led the people astray. It was the king. That's why we always have to pray for our leaders. Because our leaders can either lead people astray away from God or lead people toward God. And you see that in the Old Testament. Where a good king that was leading people toward God, God blessed them. A bad king that was leading people away from God, God punished them. So what was Ahab doing? So first of all, Ahab, who was an Israelite, who was the king of the northern kingdom, he married a foreigner, Jezebel. Jezebel was a foreigner. She was not an Israelite. And then by marrying Jezebel, instead of worshiping the God of Israel, he adopted her gods that she was worshiping. And so a couple of the gods were Ashtaroth and Baal. They're actually probably demonic spirits that we worship, that call themselves God, but, you know, fool us, deceive us. And so one, one of the ones was Baal. So why did it say Ahab was doing abominable, abominable things? What was Baal? What is the, the, this God Baal? You'll find it throughout the Old Testament. They were worshiping Baal. They were worshiping Baal. They were worshiping Baal. What's the big thing about Baal? Baal was a fertility God. He was a fertility God. And he required fornication. The reason why he required fornication is so that people could conceive children out of wedlock. But then Baal demanded child sacrifice. He demanded the blood of children to be offered to him. And so the Israelites worshiping this fertility God were not only committing fornication, but also the children that were being conceived, they were also offering the blood of these children to this God Baal. This is why it was abominable. And it kept occurring and occurring and occurring. And to the point where, and the prophets of Baal were the ones who were committing the sacrifice. And so Elijah was the only prophet of Israel left in the northern kingdom. And Elijah felt alone. But all you need is one to be faithful to God. God doesn't need a lot. All he needs is one. And that's why Elijah was persecuted. That's why Elijah, he was telling the truth. So, the, the, so one of the wicked, wickedness of Ahab and Jezebel was murder. It was the murder of the innocent. The other thing was sorcery. They were committing sorcery, witchcraft. 
The other thing in, in this passage, what they had done is Ahab went to Naboth and Naboth had a vineyard and Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard. Now Naboth's vineyard was, it, it was an inheritance. You know, it was his land that was passed down from his father to, to, you know, through the generations. And so it was his ancestral land. And Ahab wanted this land, wanted to pay him. And Naboth said, no way, Jose. I'm not giving you my land for any money because this land is more sacred to me than anything else. So you know what happened? Then Ahab went back to his house. He was downcast. And his wife Jezebel said, why are you downcast? And Ahab said, because Naboth has not given me his vineyard that I want. And so then Jezebel devised a plan, a scheme. And she sent letters to the elders in the town and two scoundrels that accused Naboth of cursing God and cursing country. And then they stoned Naboth. They took stones and they murdered Naboth. And then the dogs licked up the blood of Naboth. And then what did Ahab do after that? Jezebel went back and said, Naboth is dead. You can take his vineyard. And then Ahab went and he took over Naboth's vineyard. And it was when he was in the vineyard that then Elijah came. And Ahab knew, uh-oh, here comes the troublemaker. That's what they used to call Jesus. The, here comes the troublemaker. Ahab, or, or Elijah had fortitude. He was not afraid to tell the truth. Sometimes we're so afraid to tell the truth because we're afraid of people's reaction. Elijah was not afraid to tell the truth. Jesus was not afraid to tell the truth. Can never be afraid to tell the truth. And so Elijah comes and basically he tells him what he's done. And he says, after murdering, are you now going to take possession? And then he gives the sentence to Ahab. So whatever you do to another person, that will be done unto you. So Elijah says to Ahab, where the dogs licked up the blood of Naboth, the dogs shall lick up your blood too. You murdered an innocent person and took his vineyard. Therefore, you shall be killed, and the dogs will look up your blood in the very same spot. And he said the same about Jezebel. The dogs shall look up her blood too, which happened later. And after this sentence, not only that, but Elijah said, for your wickedness, Ahab, not only is God going to remove the kingship from you and Jezebel, but he's going to remove the kingship from all your descendants, all your children. Because in Israel, the, the kingship was inherited if you were the child. So they didn't have democratic elections like we do. It was if you were the child of a king, you were the next king. And God said he's going to cut off the kingship completely from Ahab's line. 
Now, what did Ahab do when he heard the truth? When he heard the truth. It's a surprise here. So Ahab, up to this point, is committing wickedness, abominable sins. But something surprising happens. This is why you can, you can never cut off anyone or judge anyone. Ahab humbles himself, humility. And Ahab t- tears his garments. He puts on sackcloth. He fasts. He sleeps in the sackcloth. He goes about subdued. He prays to the Lord. And it's not just external. He's really sorry for his sins. And as soon as God sees humility and repentance, then God relents in his justice and gives us mercy. And the Lord says to Elijah, have you seen that Ahab has humbled himself before me? Since he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his time. I will bring the evil upon his house during the reign of his son. If you want to lessen the evil, then you humble yourself before God. All we have to do as Christians in the United States, in the church, anywhere around the world, wherever you are from around the world, is humble yourself. Your country will be better when you begin with yourself, when you begin to humble yourself. Humility is a virtue that draws God's mercy towards us. If you want God's mercy to come toward you, humble yourself. Acknowledge your sins. And how many times do we have to do it? We have to do it every day. Why? Because we sin every day. It's just simple. We sin every day. We need to humble ourselves every day. We need to ask for forgiveness. That's where we pray the chaplet of divine mercy every day. Not with your lips, but with your heart. Pray the chaplet every day, every day, asking for repentance for your sins, asking for atonement, asking for mercy. But you can even go further. You can even go further. As you humble yourself, and you ask for mercy for your sins. You can also ask for mercy for other people's sins. You can also atone for their sins. You can also pray and fast for other people's sins to lessen the evil upon them. You can do good for your enemies, as Jesus says. You can pray for your enemies. See, all these are works of mercy works of charity. You can pray for the deceased that have gone before us. Don't forget the deceased. Don't forget those who live this life, those who were in your life. There was a reason why God put that particular person in your life, for good or bad. Whether you had a good experience with that person or a bad experience with that particular person, there's a reason and there's a reason why the Lord has taken them. Maybe for you to pray for them. So never forget anyone that's ever been in your life. Pray for them. Pray for them. 
because they need your prayers. If they're not in heaven, they need your prayers. If they're in hell, then your prayers won't benefit them. But if you still pray, the Lord will apply your prayers to someone else who needs them in purgatory. So humility and mercy, these are recipes for salvation. The more that we humble ourselves, the more that we receive mercy, the more that we receive mercy, the closer we get to heaven. The more that we lessen our purgatory. So if we pray for others, we sacrifice, we suffer for others, we offer up our sufferings that the Lord has given us, we lessen our purgatory. Because the, whatever we give to others, the Lord will give to us. If we do evil to others, it shall be done to us. If we do good to others, it shall be done to us. The measure with which we measure shall be measured unto us. That is why we need to humble ourselves. We need to forgive all the time. We need to forgive the offenses of others because then we shall be forgiven. If we do not forgive others, neither shall we be forgiven. Whatever you give, there you shall receive. So take this in mind. Take this to heart. Don't be afraid of God. God loves us more than we even want to be loved. His love is incredible. His mercy is enduring and everlasting. Just keep humbling yourself before God. Keep praying for mercy and keep praying for God to have mercy upon others. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.